This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Welcome to the Super J Cast. I'm Joel, joined by Damon McDonald. It is Thursday, the 31st of March 2022. This is episode 204, mm. and we are here with full coverage and analysis of the big New Japan event that everyone's talking about. And that is, of course, the eight hour broadcast of Sleepy Hiromu. Hiromu Takahashi sleeping in Korakuen Hall. Damon, take it away. Yeah. Let's have a full Can't. breakdown, hour by hour. Ah, <laughs> uh, I mean. I don't think I would allow any human being to record me when I sleep. I I think that would be like the most, I think that you, I don't think you can get more self-conscious. Like I would never be able to fall asleep. Could you do it? Could you knowing people were recording you? Um, I'm just, you know, out of all the things, incredible achievements of Hiromu Takahashi throughout his career, managing to get eight hours of sleep is probably right up there. <laughs> I'm extremely envious of that. Right. That's true too. That's true too. Um, yeah, in the middle, of, I saw that middle of cork and all. I didn't. Mean, I didn't watch a second. You know, I mean, I'm not tuning in for that. But like, how? Like, like you fake fan. <laughs> I know. Um, uh, like, I don't help. Help me understand the why of of, of we're doing this. Why exactly are we doing that again? Uh, the answer to most of these questions is because Hiromu. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's nice that he has enough stroke with the office to to uh, to have them have <laughs> I, them. I know, like, was that the sort of thing where they're all sitting around and like, come on, Hiromu, you've got to come up with some content. People love you. We need something for the show. And he's like, oh, why don't you just fucking film me sleeping or something? And they're like, sold. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> or is it an idea that popped into Hiromu's head? And he's just like, hey, I've got a great uh, knocking on the door. Hello, hi, hi, Chairman Sugabayashi. Brilliant idea. Eight hours of content. Oh, yeah. What, what, what you got in mind? Like a variety show or some sort of on the road documentary? Uh, no, me sleeping in Korakuen for eight hours. And Sugabayashi just stares at him for a few seconds and is like, yeah, okay then. <laughs> Tick. Right. Well, think of it this way, though. The production costs, there's zero production costs. What, a, a camera? Um and and just allowing Cork and Hall, you know, them being okay with it. Um, I wonder if anybody watched it. Like, like, did he go to the bathroom? Like, did, does he get up in the middle of the night? Is it? Does he get up and stretch? Is he sleeping the whole time? Now I'm kind of curious. Now, now I feel like I got to tune into this fucking nonsense because uh, now I have I have a lot of questions. Like, does, does he sleep in f- full like full pajamas? Is he a pajama guy? Is he sleeping in shorts? Uh, does he need? Does he need like a like? I always have a like a little little bottle of water just in case I wake up and I have a little dry mouth. Dry mouth. Is he that guy? I'm now. I'm very curious. Wake up, kick, kick the blanket off, massive boner. <laughs> he has to jerk off to fall asleep. <laughs> right, but these are things. Scrolling Twitter, vanity searching. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like now I'm very curious of how this eight, like, is he a side sleeper? 
Does he sleep on his stomach? Is I'm he... reading a Discord to see what people are saying about it. it uh, is it on now? So it's okay. It's a classic catch. Says Hiromi thing ended. They just started playing his music, then cut to a PowerPoint. <laughs> he, uh, apparently, he just slept still for eight hours. Uh, someone else is saying they slept still for twenty minutes on a loop. So they 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 think that. Oh, you think it's a, they're it's doubting the legitimacy of this, but uh, and now it's gone back to people arguing about Will Ospreay's wrestling. So well, back, back to normal, back to basics. Sleepy, sleeping her home. I mean, again, well, again, if 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 our Discord is doubting the. Um, the idea of a straight eight hours and it's and it's just like twenty minutes on a loop. Then uh, that's bullshit. I feel ripped off. I don't feel ripped off at all. But yeah, no, I, but if it is, I do have I do have questions, and we do need. Uh, I need we need you know how like voices has uh, all these different uh, voices <laughs> writers. Um, you know they're kind of you know, putting in their two cents on all these different shows. There's got to be somebody who's going to review this, right? Somebody who's seen it. We need a reviewer. We need somebody to uh, to chime in. I mean, there's people reviewing some of these god-awful shows on fucking WrestleMania weekends. Oh, right, yeah. There's, right. there's people reviewing freedom shows on the Voices of Wrestling Network. Right, Basara's getting, you know, right, right. No offense to Basara fans, guys. <laughs> but um, no, yeah. Maximum offense to Basara fans. <laughs> Fuck all of you. Right, it's great. <laughs> Get outside. All right, well, uh, we have, correct me if I'm, I am wrong, Joel, but we have uh, plenty to talk about here. Uh, you have work as well. I have to go to bed sometime soon. I, I had a very, re- speaking of Hiromo, I had a very restless night of sleep. Um, so I'm ready to record, send this fucking shit to Dan and cheap, 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 cheap. <laughs> All right. Let's dip into the news. So we have a new show announced capital collision, no. which uh, comes to Washington DC on May the 14th. And we've got some big names announced for this one. Of course, this will be during best of the super juniors. So they're sending some heavyweights over. We've got the likes of Okada, Tanahashi, Suzuki, Ishii announced they're going to be flying over. John Moxley back in action. United Empire with Jeff Cobb and Will Ospreay are going to be there. Mm. Uh, so, when is this? Yeah, this is this would be April the fourth. April the fourth. April the fourth can't possibly be April the fourth. That's like five it's days away. Expo Center. What's that? Oh no, sorry, May the fourteenth. <laughs> the, the tickets are on sale April the fourth. <laughs> I read the wrong bit. I'm like, this show's going to happen in five days, and they just announced it. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? These people are insane. Um, okay, good. Um, I, you know what? How's how you how, how's this sound? I might go to this because I have friends in Washington D.C. The Great Gabby that I always talk about. Uh, by the show off, you, you and your friends. I know. They, I've got friends. I have friends. I know. I can count them on one finger. One finger? One hand. Um, I have one finger with multiple fingers. <laughs> um, eh, she lives right outside uh, Washington, D.C., Arlington, which is uh, right, right Ooh, there. lady friend. That's right. She just got engaged, as a matter of fact. That's the big news. Well, congratulations on- to Washington lady friend. That's Washington Gabby. Baltimore, formerly Baltimore Gabby. That's where I go to uh, every year for Christmas. Anywho, um, I might go to that show. It sounds pretty sexy. Um, as long as it's not five days away, <laughs> I'll be good. I might go. Sounds good. 
the next thing was a little vignette that appeared on the social medias with Will Ospreay. What now? Introducing a mysterious new character, uh, a junior for United Empire, with the codename or nickname Bruciare. Say what? Which, uh, that's uh, Italian for bruschetta, which is the favourite snack of one wrestler. No, it's not really. Uh, it means to burn. Oh. And people are doing a bit of detective work and possibly pointing out one Francesco Akira, whose nickname is Fireball, and putting an impressive performance against Gabe Kidd at a recent RevPro show, also friends with Will Ospreay. So that, I think, is our most likely candidate for this new uh, junior heavyweight for United Empire. So hopefully we will see him at Best of the Super Juniors and... Judging by this, might be getting a little bit of a push, so that's exciting. Yeah, right out of the gate. Give, give me the name again. How do you pronounce it? Francesco Akira. No. Or, or the oh, Bruciare. I don't know. I'm not. Okay, right. I don't speak Italian, but that's just me guessing. Yeah. I don't know if that's just going to be like a little coda. You know, like when they had Ishimori, he was Bone Soldier. Yeah. Taiji Ishimori, but we still call him Taiji Ishimori. Right. Right. I don't think anybody calls him Bone Soldier. Does anybody call him Bone Soldier anymore? Uh, I don't. I, I do not. <laughs> right. I do not refer to him as Bone Soldier at all. Um, okay. Very good. Look at this. Everybody's getting work now. We're signing people, looks like. I mean, again, nothing official, but that's, I mean, that's, these are all positive signs, right? These are all little, little, little things uh, that are leading the way. And we're getting big shows here in the States. We got WrestleMania weekend. We got shows. We got Liger doing, I was going to fly down. Do you know that? I was actually sitting there on Expedia.com uh, seeing, like, if I really wanted to do that. Just fly down, whoo, see good old Jushin Thunder, fly back. I was thinking about doing it. And then I got a, I got a, I got a, I got a good breath of common sense, and I said, fuck that. <laughs> what are you thinking? What are you doing? So there you go. All right. Sorry uh, to derail. Continue, please. The Lions Raw finale, very good one, uh, very interesting, and I was really I found it quite uh, heartwarming to see Michael Richards offered a Young Lion contract. So, of course, you might remember him. He was in the last Young Lion Cup that they had in Japan and was talking about how he sort of let himself down and let the company down and Rocky was chewing him out, and now he's working extra hard to you know get into top shape and hopefully get a second shot. And he will, yeah, fingers crossed, be getting that second shot as he's been offered this Young Lions contract. Uh, so Curtis from the Okada Shorts podcast says, of the new Young Lions who were selected to receive contracts with New Japan from Lions Raw, who do you think has the most upside? Jacob Michael looked great, but AV has something that caught my eye. Sad Richard couldn't stick with the program. He was great too. So yeah, it was it was really interesting following along. Uh, so it's finished now, Lions Raw. So if you haven't seen it, you can go back and check it out and sort of enjoy it as a, little self-contained narrative and yeah uh, I'm really interested to see the progress but yeah I think Michael Richards is going to be the one to watch because even when he gets his second bite at the cherry knowing that he sort of dropped the ball the first time right you know that when he gets back to Japan he's he's not going to fuck this one up he's going to make the most of it so I'm excited to see the difference and, and the improvements between uh, the, the last time we saw him and what he's got to show now yeah I think so too um you don't you don't get many second chances Right. <laughs> so, I mean, it's kind of like the old, uh, you know, sports analogy where the guy gets sent down to the minors. Oh, well, okay. Now it's, now it's, here's, here's chance number two. So, yep. Make the most of it. I'm sure he will. It'll be good. 
Uh, Mark says, can someone make Gabe Kidd a nice cup of tea and Ooh. have a word? Uh, so, I heard some things. I heard some things. Yeah, he's he's not having a good time. Look, no. Gabe, Gabe is unwell by his own admission. He's he's suffering from bipolar disorder. Uh, we've spoken about it before. I've, I've said, mentioned before, this is something that my, my mother struggles with. So uh, she, you know, at the best of times, finds it difficult when, and, and again, this is not like a universal experience. I'm sure everyone who has bipolar experiences it differently, but from what I experienced when she was in the middle of a manic episode, she could start an argument in an empty room. Right. You know, it's, it's part of something she went through that she, you know, get all these feelings of, you know, power and, you know, wants to do lots of things and start fights with people. And th- she was not a professional wrestler and she was not in the public eye and she does not have social media right. and she found it fucking difficult. So you, you add those three things I just mentioned into the mix and yeah, it's, it's going to be tough for Gabe. So whilst, uh, it, it looks like he's deleted his Twitter, and I hope he sticks with that uh, because I can see how it must be very addictive for him. Uh, you know, especially if you're spoiling for a fight. You know, logging onto Twitter.com is the best way to get in on the action. But it it wasn't good the stuff that he was posting. No, um, and I know you know I, I've I know for a fact that the company are doing their best to help him. You know, I've spoken to people that said that he's got good people around him and they're going to do their very best to make sure he's all right. Uh, but but it is a worry and yeah social media it's a it's a symptom not a cause it's not like oh delete twitter and everything will be fine you know he clearly needs uh sustained support both you know uh, medical and psychiatric and social emotional and it's it's really it's not easy this is not the sort of thing it's like hey take this pill and you'll be all better this right. is going to be a, a lifelong struggle for the guy and i hope it works out for him in professional wrestling because you can see that's what he loves but it's going to be real tough for him. Yeah, especially, I mean, I don't want to say in that company, but in, in any company. Pro, pro wrestling's a tough life, even when, you know, you 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 feel like you got everything sorted out. I, I can't imagine, you know, having the struggles that he's having and trying to, to make a living being in the public eye. So, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I didn't see everything that was posted, but I know he had a bit of an episode online, and you know, it's social media, man, can be a real like it's an unforgiving place, right? It's it's a very unforgiving place, and it's and and there's a I wish. And I know New Japan has had some social media training, I don't want to say, but at least some guidelines. It's something to help these these people out. Boy, I wish there was something more that can be done just to kind of help people. Like you can't treat it as you're just a, somebody on you're, you're 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 more than that now. And that's that's tough for people to to swallow. And again, when you're struggling, it's that's that's not it's not a again it 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 comes with this surface where everyone says they're supportive but boy you know you slip <laughs> they're going to you know they're they're going to point a finger and 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 let you know it so i hope he's okay number one but two Please, yeah, delete the Twitter, delete the social media. You don't need it. That's what that's what really what it comes down to. 
at the end of the day, you really don't need it. Um, so knowing that, hopefully, again, he's he's doing well and he's off that social media. But but I've had conversations with New Japan pro wrestlers begging them, dude, just fucking delete the Twitter. <laughs> nope. <laughs> you know, deleted for like a week and then whoop, we're right back on. And then it becomes a certain point where you're just like, mm. what do you, yeah, you know? It's, it's deleted now. This is his account is deactivated, but I will not be surprised if that's back up yeah. by the end of the week. Because right. it's, it's, it's terribly addictive, even for people who are not uh, suffering from, you know, clinically diagnosed mental health problems. Right. I mean, I just know me, you know, like people just have their fucking phones in their hands. And it's almost like, you know, back in the day where people just wanted to have a cigarette because they just wanted to have that since or have a beer in their hand, you know, a glass in their hand. Like, I'm that guy, to be quite honest with you. I can't go anywhere unless I have a glass in my fucking hand. Um, and it's just that, you know, and, 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 and Gabe's younger than I am. So he's like his whole life has been that. It's hard. It's just, it's just one of those things where. Could you imagine just getting rid of your phone? I would love it. I would absolutely fucking love it. And you know, Joel knows, I don't text. <laughs> I do not like texting at all. Like, our, Joel, one of our conversations consists of, when do you want to do the show? Uh, how's Wednesday night? Okay, sounds good. Your time? Yeah, great. Okay. Perfect. You know what I mean? Like we don't have long conversations. We have con- like I'm in a, I'm in conversations with other people. Like I read them all, but I I hardly ever text. Hardly ever. I would do anything to just to just to not have a phone anymore. I would do anything. Yeah. Uh, when I was on my trip last week, one of the activities we did was camping on the beach. Oh. And you know, there's no way to plug and charge your phone in then, so just turn it off and. I had a, a really nice evening. Mm-hmm. Sliding in my tent, reading a book, enjoying the sounds of the sea. And I think I should do that more often. I think we'd all be a lot happier if we logged off yep. uh, permanently, to be honest. Let's do a podcast. Um, all right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a, a little tidbit here. So, you know, we've got this, I think it's the 60th anniversary of Korakuen Hall coming up Ooh. with a joint show with All Japan. And the main event previously was going to be Fuck, I forgot what it was now. What was it? Is it Kento, Miyahara, and Tanahashi against Jake Lee and Sonata? That was going to be the and main now, event? Wow, okay. And, and now Sonata's injured. Right. Guess who's taking his place? Our boy Taichi. Fuck. Which I think is a really great feather in his cap there. And talk, speaks volumes about how far he's come and his popularity, especially with the Tokyo crowd, the Korokan crowd, that he was the person that they, they handpicked to take that spot in the main event nice job yeah Ooh, that sounds pretty sexy well correct me if i'm wrong though this is not going to be on new japan world i mean not live right Uh, that's correct Uh, for christ's sake well all right it'll be live to us i'm sure somebody will have it up you know what i mean like if it's going to be broadcasted somewhere Wait, did I read it was going to be like a what's the name of the, the network? It, it's like Skeech or something like that. I don't forget. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that is correct. It, Let me have a look here. Japanese only, like. Se- oh no, Spooks. 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 It's only available in Japan. So if you live elsewhere, you might not be able to watch it. No word yet if it'll end up on 
AJPW TV or New Japan World. Um, I'm sure it will at some point. Yeah. I mean, it usually ends up making its way up there. But if you want to watch it live, it seems like VPN and access to Spooks. <laughs> I've never heard of it. I've never heard of that network in my entire life. I promise you. And I've seen them all. No, I've never seen. I've never seen that one. Um, that sounds really. That sounds like a real cool match, though. Sixty years of Corkin, man. Oh, imagine. You know what? Maybe they're giving away free chicken fingers. That'd be great. <laughs> Delicious. <laughs> so good there. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, let's do New Japan All right. Strong. So this was the show from Hollywood called Rivals. So we open up with Daniel Garcia defeating Yuya Uemura in 10 minutes, 39 seconds by Scorpion Deathlock. Uh, this was really good. I enjoyed this a lot. Particularly Daniel Garcia and his new heel work. Because if you've been following AEW, he's joined Chris Jericho's little heel faction of uh, sports entertainers. So now he's sort of working to that and, you know, little sarcastic claps for you, uh, putting the finger to his ear, showing some attitude. Um, you know, I, I had really hoped we'd see more of Daniel Garcia in New Japan. And I don't think he's going to stop outright, but the fact that he is getting a big push on AEW, I mean, he picked up the pinfall right. in the main event on Dynamite last week. So, you know, I can't see him being like, you know, plopped into best of the super juniors and going like four and five, for example, that's not going to be happening. But, uh, Either way, two supremely talented blue chip prospects here. I, I dare say they will meet again in the future. But this more heelish Garcia was a, a really great thought to Uemura. And I always enjoy how the, the young lions can be really prickly in defeat and refuse the handshakes. That's what Uemura did. He, he slapped Daniel Garcia's hand away because he's so annoyed with himself for losing. And, and rightly so, because you don't want to see anyone accepting defeat meekly. It just shows that you know they're taking pride in their work and that the results of these matches matter to them. And I think that's what annoyed me. Last time when we talked about um, Carl Fredericks getting his hand raised by uh, Christopher Daniels and just being like, oh, yeah, I lost, but uh, thank you. Thanks, Dad. And, you know, I don't want to see that. I want to see, fuck you. I, I should have won that match, which is what we got from you here, which I enjoyed a lot. Uh, second match, we have Black Tiger defeating Rocky Romero in 11 minutes, two seconds. So it was a good match, and, you know, the feud's going to continue, but it, I, don't, I might get cancelled for saying this. I did find Black Tiger's dad bods a little bit distracting you know, in a company like new japan where it's all about the you know the bushiro uh matinee idol aesthetics and all these chiseled bodies that's not chiseled. Uh, black tiger was 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 different and unique let's put it that way i'm not putting a value judgment on that i just did find it a little bit distracting and our main event was a elimination match 10-man elimination match with team filthy uh, Tom Lawler, Royce Isaacs, Jarrell Nelson, J.R. Kratos, Danny Limelight, defeating the team of Clark Connors, Fred Rosser, Taylor Rust, Adrian Quest and the DKC in 60 minutes 29. And J.R. Kratos picking up the win here. He was the last survivor with a, a lariat over Adrian Quest. And I always love these matches. I mean, you, you know how much I love the multi-man strong matches anyway, where everyone gets their shit in and it's always good fun. Add to that the elimination stipulation, which adds you, uh, you, you know, you get to set up these nice little mini feuds uh, between various wrestlers and a lot of them, I suspect, are going to pair off into singles feuds. And it was good to put some shine on Adrian Quest. You know, we haven't seen a great deal from him recently. And J.R. Kratos, I was really happy he got up, got the win because he's usually a guy that's used to help get other people over in these sustained feuds. So it was good to remind us that, you know, this guy's a big fucking scary monster and he can beat the shit out of dudes. And yeah, spiced up some upcoming matches. You know, we got Clark Connors versus Tom Lawler. So we had a you know, little encounters there to whet your appetite for that. And, and a small thing here, I just enjoyed the visual of all five members of Team Filthy posing in the ring. 
earlier in the match. When you have all the members in the faction in the ring doing a pose, that just that does something for me, Damon. I don't know what it is, but I just think, oh yeah, this is cool. This is pro wrestling and I like it. Yeah, it's an exclamation point, isn't it? Um oh what was my point? I just literally had a point in my head. Uh, oh um know what I noticed? Uh Voices of Wrestling, the website and their reviews, there's a lot more strong than there are the actual, you know, like like New Japan reviews. There's like every week there's there's strong stuff. So at least people are catching on. At least people are uh, are seeing uh, what we've already been talking about for over a year of how good the show is and how fun it is. And and you know, to to us, it's it's and I don't want to speak for you, Joel, but it feels like you know if it's not the best it's one of the best us produced tv shows right now agreed and we've got some exciting stuff coming up we've got the card for the strong tapings mutiny in hollywood which have been set now so these are the matches we've got we've got ren narita versus chris dickinson which i think is going to be tremendous Mm -hmm. david finney against blake christian we've got a handicap match fred ross are taking on the west coast west coast wrecking crew we have the US of J Open Challenge match, Jay White taking on Hikuleo, which I nice. assume is going to have uh, implications for the, the Bullet Club shenanigans going on. We've got uh, six man Rocky Coglin and Adrian Quest against JR Kratos, Black Tiger, and Danny Limelight. Uh, Kevin Knight, DKC, and Fred Jehai against Bateman, Mysterioso, and Barrett Brown. We have Tomohiro Ishii going one on one with Big Demo. Wow. Really interesting. Uh, Aaron Solo and Nick. Comoroto against Carl Fredericks and Clark Connors. Alex Zane and Christopher Daniels against Chris Bay and El Fantasmo. That should be a lot of fun. Brody King, Taylor Rust, Mascara Dorada versus United Empire. Great O'Conn, Aaron Hanari, and TJP. Whoa! Uh, repeat that for me, please. Can, yeah, can you repeat that yeah. one for me? That one, I, I think I ejaculated. <laughs> Give me, please. Rightly so. I think this deserves a second look. Brody King, yeah. Taylor Rust, huh? and Mascara Dorada. Why? Formerly the artist formerly known as Grand Metalik in WWE against Great O'Conn, Hanare, and TJP. That's gonna be that's gonna be good. That's that's a cool match. All right, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, did, I did not know that I needed to see Brody King against Great O'Conn, but here we are. Here we are. Absolutely. That again. This should be, that's I'm I'm pumped for that. That's a cool match. All right, and then I'm sorry I cut you off. What what else is there? Uh, it's Keita Murray and Yu Oemura against Kevin Blackwood and Lucas Riley. So, I mean, there's no match order set for that, but I think there's some really interesting stuff. So, if you're in the area, absolutely worth a visit and uh, looks set to be a few, quite a handful of interesting episodes of Strong no based doubt. on these tapings. Yeah. I'd say Ren against Dickinson. I, I mean, uh, most of these matches are interesting to me because I'm a, a Shinihon freak. <laughs> so <there you> <laughs> Don't rap. Don't rap. Um, okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's it. That's all from New Japan Strong. Mm-hmm. I will move on to the New Japan Cup then because we have a lot to talk about there. Let us begin on Saturday, March 26th in Osaka Joe Hall. Um, if you don't mind, I will fast forward straight to the semi final. Sure. First semi final was Zack Sabre Jr. defeating Shingo Takagi Woo! in 90 minutes, 24 seconds by referee stoppage after a rear naked choke. Uh, this is something pointed out by Voices of Wrestling writer Sue Williams. He, he mentioned how the whole setup of this has been Shingo's hubris in the, uh, the build up to the Chase Owens match, where he's like, oh, I'm going to beat Chase in five minutes. And then Chase fucked him up and fucked his neck up. Yeah. And he's been suffering with that neck injury for the whole tournament. 
So that hubris and, and cockiness has cost Shingo ultimately here. So, you know, he managed to power through a few matches, but here his injured neck was the whole story. Like from the first minute of this match, Zach is wrenching Shingo's neck and Shingo, you know, trying to shake it off, stretch it out. And that's one of these things I love about these tournaments, the match-to-match psychology where something that happens in round one yep. can affect what happens in the semifinals. And I thought Shingo selling here was masterful. You know, it can be quite understated. He's not in the ring going, ah, ah, my neck, my neck. It's just little things, you know, he's trying to grit his teeth and, and power through the pain, but you can tell that he's suffering. And I thought Zach basically dominated here. As the match went on, you could see him trying to set up the rear naked choke, but Shingo still had a bit of power. He was powering out of it. And then Shingo's trying to set up Last of the Dragon, but Zach's escaping it by elbowing Shingo's injured neck. So I found that tactical battle really interesting. And then the drama really cranked up near the end when Zach slapped the taste out of Shingo's mouth. And the, the shot face that Shingo sold, it was really good. Shingo, he's an underrated funny face puller in this <laughs> yeah. company. So let's let's throw some respect in his funny faces. And the last few minutes were Great. brilliant here. Yeah. Every time Shingo's trying to get Zach on his shoulders for Last of the Dragon, Zach is wriggling around like an octopus and just trying to sneak in that rear naked choke under the chin. And of course, big dumb jock Shingo, he tries the ultimate idiot Chad move, tries to slam his way out of the chokehold. You know, he's watched highlights of UFC 34 on YouTube. He thinks that's a legit strategy, bless him. (laughs) And just a a tremendous finish where Shingo's on his knees, the crowd's clapping, they're expecting the big comeback. Shingo manages to get to one foot, and then he just fucking crumples into a, a big bag of floppy meat, loses consciousness, Ref was brilliant here. I think it was Marty Asami just diving onto Zach to get him off before he can cause serious damage. A, a little touch that made the whole finish seem really authentic. Just an outstanding match. Yeah, fantastic. I I, I couldn't agree more. Um, the idea, I, I think going into it, I was I was I I, I had wanted Zach to win. Uh, I was rooting. I was rooting for him. I don't know. I just, for whatever reason, even even with the setup with the with the neck, I I just I was sh- kind of shocked <laughs> at, at the idea of him going on and moving on. Um, I don't know why because we talked about it. We talked about the possibility of it, but I don't know. It just seemed like the 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 furthest thing from a possibility. Um, and you're right. Like like Zach, I don't want to say mowed through his tournament but he mowed through his tournament you know what i mean like he 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 it's uh, we've said it a thousand times but i'm always amazed at how logically new japan is able to just turn up the gas and set somebody ablaze and make them just legit again and 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 it it feels legit like like him winning doesn't feel like. Um, oh, sorry to spoil, but you know him even winning that match doesn't seem completely far fetched. Um, okay, great. The, the the injured neck helped play a, a factor in it, but it, I don't think it, that took away from the win. I feel like it. I mean, it, maybe it protected Shingo a little bit, but that was a, a, a as clean a fucking win as you'll see in New Japan, right? Like that was a yeah, def- uh, when we we did our brackets at the start of the tournament, we both said, "Look, Zach's a dark horse here. He could easily go deep. He could go to the final. He could win it because that's the beauty of this company. That, as you said, they can just turn up the gas on a particular wrestler, and after you know a handful of matches, they look like a fucking star. They look like a world beater, and you buy it. 
Yeah. I mean, what a what a what a COVID era Zach has had between putting a shine on those tag belts and then sliding into to to this spot that he that he's in. And again, we'll talk about more. But what a fucking MVP this guy's been. And of course, his promos are fucking great. Um man, he is world class. I'm I'm sorry. I there are people that that kind of are down on him on just on his style. You know, like they just don't dig the style or whatever. I find him to be one of my favorite pro wrestlers of 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 all time. Uh he and and for someone to shine in this I mean, we're coming out of it and and it, and it felt like we were. That's another thing we talk about. It it did feel like we were coming out. Um of, of the doldrums with this show, these, these shows, he, he, I don't know how he did it, but he found a way to make himself better. Um, during, during COVID unbelievable. I think sometimes we underappreciate and we forget how good he is. And, you know, then we see little glimpses of it, glimpses of it in the G1 where he's given those big spots. And we're like, oh, Zach's pretty fucking good. Cause we forget because he's not always given that spotlight, but yeah, you know, I think you want a hot take. Maybe it's not a hot take. Uh, final four of this uh, New Japan Cup, I think those are the four best wrestlers in the company. Not my favorite wrestlers, but the four best wrestlers. Mm. Okada, Naito, Shingo, Zach. Now putting one. Tanahashi in that list. No. Nope. I am. I'm definitely putting them in that fucking list. Somebody's got a bump. So, who, some... Who's getting booted out of the top four? So... <sighs> I mean, you know, look. <sighs> you, you, uh, you may not like this, but I, I, I might go... That's tough. That's a tough. Like I was, it was on the tip of my tongue. I was going to fucking say it. I was going to say Naito, uh, begrudgingly. That's a tough fucking. Okay, question. so just for the record, you you are saying twenty twenty two Tanahashi is a better wrestler than Naito. I, I, I'm saying overall. Uh, no, in twenty twenty two, the twenty twenty two version. That's what I'm saying. Though. 2022, January 20, January, March 2022. I think these are the four best wrestlers in the company. And just, I want to uh, applaud New Japan for putting the four, what I think are four of the best wrestlers. Even if you don't think these are the top four, you can't deny that. Yeah, you know, I think these, these would be most people's top five, ten. Yeah, top oh five. god, they, they have and, to be. And putting putting these quality wrestlers through to the semi-finals and it felt like you know a big tournament where you know you're not getting upsets you're not getting like fucking david finley sneaking through into the semi-finals here no no fucking about this is this is big boy shit yeah and yeah uh, let's move on then to the main event of this show which was tetsu united defeating pursuit got a card at 27 minutes 42 seconds by polvo de estrella and this one was really interesting because they, I think they really conveyed the feeling that Naito had, had somehow got into Okada's head mm. with his, you know, his tranquilo mind games, all that nonsense, and had just pissed Okada off. Because Okada's facial expressions, his emoting here was really great. Like he's trying to keep that calm, workmanlike demeanor that he usually has. You know, like the, the sort of face he has when he's <laughs> beating the shit out of Master Watto just on a you know standard Thursday at work. But occasionally sort of erupting into these little bursts of rage and that cold, dead-eyed psychopath stare. It's like, you know, this man had just had enough of Naito and his bullshit. And it was best encapsulated in a brilliant moment before and after the shotgun dropkick where Okada was just glaring at Naito with this expression of Mm. pure loathing towards this little shit who's been a constant thorn in his side, be it as the Starless Genius or Elingor Manabla. 
And I thought the closing stretch was a really interesting twist on the typical main event finisher exchange, because usually it's guys sort of ducking out and reversing each other's finishers, but they were actually teasing and countering not only that, but all of their secondary moves secondary. as well. So, yes. Right, yes. we had the sit-out tombstone and the Valentia, the rolling lariat, then the Rainmaker and the Destino teases, and none of these moves managing to successfully land. And then also the pair of near falls with Naito's jackknife pin and Okada's sit-out cradle that have both put away some fairly big names. So they're throwing all these moves at each other, but they know each other so well that none of them are landing, and they've got counters for all of them. And the counters are getting countered, and those counters are getting countered. So it ends up with Naito having to catch Okada out with this relatively obscure move. But like Paul Vodestri, I don't know the last time he's won a, a match with that, let alone a big match. Years, it seems for me. And Okada's, he's expecting the Destino from that setup, and instead he gets surprised with Povo de Estrella, which I thought was a really interesting twist because Gloria and, and the Stardust press failed for Naito this time, but it was an even deeper cut that got the job done. It was like almost like, you know, Okada didn't revise properly for the exam. He forgot content that was taught back in turn one. So wow. a, another brilliant match here. I, I think more notable for the character work and the storytelling than anything necessarily out of the ordinary in the ring although i thought the in-ring stuff was great i thought those two things were were the most interesting here. yeah like and you are right like the fact that it was like i don't want to say like uh like he had to dig pretty deep in the fucking well of his arsenal to to put him away um yeah i can't remember the last time that that was a clean finish um for naito um and it and and again a nice little shock because truth be told, I did not think that was going to be it. Like I was just waiting for the kick out. And when it was three, it was like, okay, well, all right. Um, the, where would you put this in their match history? Like where near the top, near the bottom. Uh, Overall. Enjoy. I enjoyed the, I enjoyed the title match they had earlier this year mm-hmm. more than this. I enjoyed okay. the Wrestle. I enjoyed the Wrestle Kingdom fourteen match more than this. Obviously, uh, I think it is up there with the Wrestle Kingdom twelve match. Uh, although the sort of the emotional punch of that Wrestle Kingdom twelve finish that puts it above this one, I would say firmly middle of the road. But that's not you know that's not right. We're talking about good matches here. You know, yeah. This is a very very high high bar to clear. Right, uh, I'm in full agreement. Right, I don't think I don't think it matches either of the Wrestle Kingdom matches. Um, yeah, I would pu- I would put it fourth in the in that list that you that you rattled off. Um, good, I and mean, again, all these matches are really fucking great. But right, that's that's kind of where I'm I'm thinking it, it it fits as well. So there you go. Good. All right. So that brings us on to the finals, which were Sunday, March 27th, also in Osaka Joe Hall. Uh, if it's okay with you, I will not go through the undercard because I think most of it was just setting up, <laughs> setting up matches for uh, Hyper Battle. Uh, you don't want to talk about Jado and... <laughs> no. no, I don't. Uh, no. <laughs> okay. no, as much as I'm enjoying Jado's uh, baby face turn, and I am, I, I am genuinely enjoying it. I can't be bothered to talk about it. Right. Uh, one thing I thought was notable here from the... Yo Ishii Yano versus Kanemaru Suzuki Taichi match is that they are clearly setting up Ishii versus Suzuki for some sort of show in the US. I don't know exactly when or, or where they're going to do it, but that seems like the clear direction for that. And I will skip straight ahead to the seventh match, which was 
very strange lineup. Tiger Mask, Satoshi Kojima, Okada, Tanahashi versus Tatsumi Fujinami, L. Lindemann, T-Hawk, and Shima. Yeah. So I thought the big takeaway from this was how over T-Hawk was with the Osaka crowd. He had a great exchange with Okada. And even though he lost, I think he, he did himself a lot of favors there. I thought he looked really great here. And I wouldn't be shocked to see him getting future opportunities with New Japan. And just it was a little thing, but the way he sold the Rainmaker backstage as well. So when Strong Hearts are doing their backstage comments, T-Hawk's just lying there like he's half dead. He can't even speak just because this Rainmaker is so right. devastating. <laughs> he's going to be on his back for the next couple of hours. It's so powerful. Uh, again, I'm going to throw more flowers at Sue Williams here. This is something he wrote in his review. He said, Fujinami calls out Okada to start as Chris Charlton wonders what would happen if Fujinami were to beat Okada in this match. If we were in Noah, that would be a genuine concern. But here <laughs> they just have a neat opening exchange. And then immediately <laughs> after, after that, uh, you know, the broadcast, when, when Chris Charlton said that, Kevin Kelly said, I have a thought, but I won't say it on air. Oh. We hear you, Kevin. <laughs> we know what you're thinking. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Chris also said during this match that Fujinami and Muto lost to Choshu and Hiroshi Hase in Fujinami's last appearance at Osaka Hall in 1994. <laughs> Muto still complaining about the loss. And then Chris goes, didn't work for him, brother. <laughs> I was just pissing myself. So yeah, a lot to enjoy this match. The T-Hawk, seeing more of the Strong Hearts guys again. I'm hoping we see the likes of El Lindemann in Best of the Super Juniors. It definitely seems like him and Despi could be a, a really exciting program. And Fujinami, he still looks good. Yeah. Still looks good, Damon. He's the tremendous shape and just watching him in the backstage promos and he's talking about how he's lost the rights to all of his moves because all the younger guys are taking them. I just, I, I actually enjoyed this little cameo here. Yeah, Fujinami wasn't bad. I mean, how old is he? 70? Um, I mean... I mean, when I was... If you look at the, the state of uh, US wrestlers when they hit their oh. 70s. Yeah. This is a guy who I think has done tremendously well to keep himself in such good nick. Yeah. and I mean, he's... I mean, Joel, when I tell you, like, when I was in grade school, like, when I was in, like, you know, like, my first wrestling shows, he, you know, was in the mix in, in like, WWWF. And we're talking like 1978, 79, right? So, yeah, I mean, he did. He looked. I met him um, one time. He was at like this wrestling convention. I want to say it was in North Jersey. I want to say it was in Rahway. I could be wrong. And they brought him in for some reason. I don't even know why he was in. He had to be in for something else. But he was there. I got my picture taken with him. Um, yeah, he looked good. And correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't um, isn't Osaka a big Dragon Gate hub? Like, that's a pretty hot Dragon Gate town, yes. right? You know? Yeah, the whole Kanto region, I think, is yeah. Dragon Gate territory. Yeah, so I'm sure I'm sure they had some uh, some hometown, uh, you know, <laughs> what am I trying to say that? Like, yeah, the, the fans there knew who they were, right? They were very familiar. Well, and, and uh, of course, Okada and T-Hawk, both uh, Dragon System boys, so yeah. they run, run steep. There you go. Uh, a gig, the book, gig me like a butcher says Fujinami for G1. <laughs> Taylor made ups the stakes there and says Will Smith for G1. Oh, but, uh, we're not doing we're not doing Will Smith discourse uh, as much as his Inoki slap uh, has made the headlines. Uh, yeah, I have no. Can I get your feelings on that? Did, I mean, it was funny. It was fun. funny, and I laughed at the silly celebrities doing silly things, and then immediately forgot about it. Yeah, my wife told me about it. 
And I, like, I woke up. I came down the stairs. She goes, you're not going to believe this, but last night at the Oscars, Will Smith slapped Chris Rock. And I said, like, goofing around? She goes, no. He, he walked up on stage and slapped the shit out of him. And, I'm, and I was like, like, not as a gag? not a. She, she's like, no. I'm like, I, 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 I got to be on... I got to be on Earth too. What's going on here? Like between that and the and the drummer for the Foo Fighters, I don't know if you're a big Foo Fighter guy, but that was sad, very sad too. Um, I was like, what? I like. I got, I'm sorry, my, my, my biggest takeaway the Will Smith thing is that you could see he laughed at the joke, but then a few seconds later he's up on stage. Oh, he got glared. Yeah. So this is, if nothing else, a testament to the power of an angry spouse, an angry wife to yep. cause such extreme behavior. Like he was. He was so afraid of uh, his wife being pissed off that he <laughs> decided to do that at the Oscars <laughs> on the same night he was about to get awarded Best Actor for the well, I believe, first time in his career. Right. But here's the thing, too. On what planet, like, where is security during all this, Joel? Like, how does a guy walk up, whack somebody in the face, turn around, sit down, cuss them out on live TV, and then... You know, whatever. An hour later, win the best. <laughs> like, how does he not get escorted out? Sort of, how does kayfabe, Daniel? Yeah, I, I, that's what I learned. <laughs> let's let's I, put our pro wrestling hats on here. If you could uh, rebook this, and instead of a slap, Will Smith is delivering a New Japan Pro Wrestling signature wrestling move. Which move is he delivering to Chris Rock? Oh, uh, Rainmaker. Right, <laughs> right. Grabs him. <laughs> he extends his hand. Hey, you know we're friends. And then wham, whack. Yeah. Good night. Wow. What a world we live. I mean, seriously, <laughs> what a world are we living in? All right. Sorry. Let's get, let's get back on the, let's get back on the real fighting. <laughs> <laughs> so main event was Zack Sabre Jr. Defeating Tetsuya Naito 24 minutes, 43 seconds with Zack Driver to win the new Japan cup 2022. And I just a little thing here, the match lengths, for all these main events in this tournament have been perfect. Yep. There's not been a single main event that I think has outstayed its welcome. So I'm so glad that New Japan have gone back to actually giving these matches as much time as they need rather than trying to stretch them out to fill up a certain amount of time on the show. Uh, we had Zach out here with his new gold trunks. Even though his gold boots didn't arrive in time, he's very angry about that backstage. I thought Zach's selling was great here. I mean, this whole thing is just going to be me waxing lyrical about how great Zach is. And I love Naito, and Naito absolutely played his part here. Uh, but his Zach selling, you know, he looks like he's about to vomit because you know, he's still selling the ribs, which started against Shingo. And he's not able to secure the triangle choke because of his injured ribs. And he worked in all the near falls from the previous rounds that the pair of them did. And Zach, what I really love to see here is him mixing up his submission game with power. Uh, because he has put on a bit of muscle. A little bit. He's, he is jacked Sabre Jr. now, so mm. I enjoyed him mixing it up like that. Uh, I must say that an Englishman taking a penalty kick in a cup final will always make me nervous, even if the Englishman in question was screaming, fucking Naito, before he did it. But this is, it feels like a new and improved Zach. I always thought he was great before, but he really seems to have stepped up a level, and the way he's able to mix up the submission game and the, the grappling and the power now and the striking, like I think his power really caught Naito off guard here. That felt like the story of the match here as he was chaining together these big power moves, the tornado DDT, and then into the Zack Driver. And I just I love that he uses Zack Driver as the finisher instead of putting on a wacky submission because it seems that every couple of years 
He beats Naito. It is, does always seem to be Naito who eats the Zack driver in a big match. And that helps to keep the move dangerous and, and exciting in these big matches. And it's going to be exciting now when he teases it or even if he lands it when he, he wrestles Okada. I, I suspect that's going to be a big factor in the title match coming up at Hyper Battle. Although I will note Zack said backstage he was disappointed not to win with a submission. And he feels that it's a failure if he has to win by pinfall. But... Even so, I do enjoy seeing him mixing it up and, and keeping us on our toes. I loved him seeing three lines in the presser afterwards. Uh, he's he's more confident with his Japanese now, and he just seems to be putting everything together and starting to look like a legit main eventer rather than a guy that you know you throw a bone to every so often. I mean, I think there might be something to it that this cup win is a little reward for his loyalty and sticking with the company and all the great work he's done, as we've mentioned. But this is not, you know, a gold watch thing. I think he deserves it, quite frankly. I think he's he's a one of the top guys in the company. Yeah, uh, you're right. It, it does feel like he did. T- it, he took a, a, a next level um, on an already great uh, foundation. The only thing I don't like from Zach, I just I, like his back bumps are are terrible. Right, like, yeah, <laughs> the way he sells like pumping bomber and the rainmaker is crap. <laughs> oh, I just, you know, we've got other people flipping themselves inside out, and Zach just sort of does a little jump and then just plop right flat back, but like a fucking just like dead weight. Just uh, I oh, if we could find a way to just do something with that, um, I love him. I think he's fantastic in the ring. Um, what what a great match. Totally love this. Um. I mean, I don't know if we're going to get into um, some of the talk of what you shared with me the other day reading. I think it was, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, that's that's Joe Lanza, right, from his Patreon? Yeah, so this is, yeah, the Voices of Resting Patreon. I do recommend uh, people to check that out and subscribe. I think it's a $10 tier. You get all their big Japan scoops. It's good. But yeah, I think we can certainly reference it. We're not going to read the whole thing verbatim, but what, what was your, your point? Yeah, um, I mean, it was... It, felt like it, it, it makes sense i guess in hindsight but you know that kota abushi spot um pretty much being filled yeah yeah i mean they they said that the original plan was ibushi winning the tournament thank fuck he got, i don't know i don't want to say thank god he got injured but i think i would have been really disappointed with an ibushi tournament win here yeah i mean if 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 you know zach is plan b i mean that says something to me, I mean that's that's that is a nice feather in this cap, you know, that the company feels confident enough to have him just slide in that spot, roll right in, and then main event because because he feels legitimate. And again, it is a matter of them turning up the gas on him a little bit, um, but they do it so easily and so seamlessly, and it doesn't feel hokey. Um. That's, I mean, that's that's really fantastic stuff. But yeah, I mean, apparently it was, it was according to, to Joe and his sources, which which is pretty amazing. Like, like he's really coming through with, with a lot of these these things. I I, I can't recommend that Patreon uh, highly enough. Um, yeah, it was supposed to be Coda, um, but you know, look, New Japan did the right thing, holding him out. <laughs> What was it? Everybody was angry that they were making him go to the New Japan Cup. All right, well, because he was supposed to win the goddamn thing. All right, so there you go. Good stuff there. 
So Bash says, this is two Brits back-to-back winning the New Japan Cup. Will last year, Zach, this year. Do you think he gets the belt and has a short run with it? Or are we getting a repeat of 2018? Those are my questions. And I'm happy the cup came home. Flynn says, is Zach in the conversation for most outstanding wrestler now? He's definitely mm-hmm. been my favorite over the last year or so. Could you convince me there is a chance he will beat Okada so I can enjoy the match more? So we'll, we'll do a full preview of Hyper Battle next week. And we'll give our quick thoughts on the card today. But just now in the immediate aftermath of the New Japan Cup. How are you feeling about Zach's chances? I would say, well, here's the thing. He could win. I'm not saying this is like an evil, you know, Okada right before Wrestle Kingdom title defense. This certainly isn't. And and the, listen, they've done wackier things, I feel like. Um To me, if Ibushi was winning the New Japan Cup, I feel like Ibushi was winning the title. Could they just plop Zach in, have him win, and go on and do what they were going to do in 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 place of? I mean, and then maybe have Ibushi challenge Zach, and you know he winds up with the title anyway. Um, I'm not saying it's preposterous that Zach wins. Not saying that at all. I might go 50-50. Am I, am I insane? I think it's a 50-50 shot. Yeah, I think it's difficult for me to have a real solid read on the booking of New Japan these days because there have been things that I've been absolutely certain about. Oh, well, they're not going to do this. You know, I say, oh, they're not going to do Okada Naito again after they just mm-hmm. ran it for New Japan or whatever. So they, they did it. <laughs> so right. I think me like my my inclination is that Okada holds on to this belt for quite a while for most of the year if not the whole year until Wrestle Kingdom but they've done stuff before that have that has completely shocked me so it would not stun me I would be surprised but I think there is a non-zero possibility of Zach winning this belt which is exciting I love the fact that it's a bit more unpredictable these days when is the Fukuoka show uh that will be Dontaku time so what is that May May that's a big building They're probably going to go Okada Ibushi for that, right? I think so, yeah. Mm. I mean, they could do Okada Naito again. Right. Maybe one of those two. I mean... Or maybe Zach's the champion. That's what I'm saying. Like, Zach the champion loses there, loses in the big belt. Naito rematch, Naito wins the belt off Zach. I mean, there's a lot. That's what's making this really good. You know, there's a lot of ways we can go. I don't think anything is concrete. I don't think anything is set in stone. And again, we don't even know what the fuck they got up their sleeves. Like, like to me, this is, a, is this is an exciting time. Like, this is a, this is, a, this is where we can really have some fun and really get back in, back into this product. Like, we we are we're chugging along here, and I think this New Japan Cup was 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 one of the, the the cornerstones of us chugging along here. Like, this is going to be a fun summer. G1 is going to be fucking fun. This dome is going to be fun at Fukuoka. This coming Wrestle Kingdom season, I think we're in for our fucking treat. Look, best of the Super Juniors. That's going to be fun. I think I think we are we are ready for an explosion. And I think, I you know, I, I do a New Japan Pro Wrestling podcast, y'all. Uh, I'm, 
I think we're going to see interest in this product jump back tenfold very shortly. Yeah, agreed. So it, again, it does feel like we're turning a corner. So prayer circle, please, for the clap crowds ending. Yeah. Uh, Rob says, how much do you have to thank George Michael for Zach's win? Hashtag use the techers. I'm not sure where he was going with his backstage promos, but they were certainly fun. Jamie says, which is better? ZSJ shouting, it's coming home. Uh, ZSJ's George Michael dream, the dangerous techers hug. Oh, that was a delightful moment, wasn't it? Tai Chi being ringside and giving him a hug, like really heartwarming stuff. And I uh, deliberately wound up all the Golden Lovers fans by <laughs> comparing them on Twitter. I've got some of them really mad, which are uh, excellent. Keep it coming. That's that's why I get out of bed every morning. Uh, ZSJ throwing confetti at people, or ZSJ screaming, bloody outrageous techers at Kevin Kelly. Uh, Cola Blue says, after hearing ZSJ singing three lines, we used to surprised at how deep his singing voice is. I really expected more of a BG style falsetto. When was the last single elimination tournament that was as great as New Japan Cup 2022, especially the quarterfinals onwards? My Lord, that was great. New Japan Cup 2018, maybe. Okay, so front half of that, I think it was just sort of a celebration of all the little quirks and funny things that well, we love Zach for, not just his wrestling. You know, the wrestling is great, but I think all those little other things, those little character touches and funny things that are what make us really love him. Uh, so good stuff there. Um, but yeah, this I think this was definitely one of the best single elim- elimination tournaments in memory. I mean, I enjoyed last year's a lot, but this one felt better than that. It was definitely better than 2020. I enjoyed it more than 2019 when Okada ran the table and beat Sonata in the final. So yeah, I, I think I enjoyed this one maybe a little bit less than 2018, just because that was more of a surprise to me that Zach went through that kind of murderous road. He went through Ibushi and Sanada and Naito and Tanahashi to win that trophy. And that was his big coming out party. So I think I enjoyed that one a bit more because of course you had the hot crowds then. But this one in terms of in-ring quality was probably better in yeah. 2018. I would tend to agree with that. Um, I think, again, not to beat a dead horse, but I feel like we are like when I turned off that show, I felt like, okay, we are, we are really picking up some steam here. Um, like, like things are changing for the, for the good. And it, 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 I don't know. I just like, that's why I think this new Japan cup is one of the, and I said it before, one of the most important in, in the company's history. Like, I, I feel like this is a real legitimate, true launching point and for all the people who stuck with it, suffered through some shitty fucking times. Um, there were some months where this was this company was a struggle. I don't know. I just feel like somebody woke up. Somebody woke up from the fucking fever dream. And we are moving along <laughs> pretty well here. Um, that, and so, so to me, that's why this, this cup is a little bit more important than maybe other ones. Louis said the right person won the New Japan Cup final. Naito's better at chasing the title anyway. Can we name anyone else who's better at chasing the New Japan heavyweight title? That is a good you point. Agree? Yeah. I mean, I would like to see Naito having a run as champion, <laughs> not during, you know, COVID clap crowd shit, because I think it was really unfortunate that his reign coincided with that. But all the same, I do think he's a tremendous chaser and, and challenger as well. Yeah. I, th- I Honestly, I think he's, and probably because he spent most of his career being the chaser. He, to me, yeah, you might he, that that might be a very valid point. Might be a very, very, very valid point. Uh, Gary says, "Is Zach's Cup run this year the best of all time? Specifically, his last three matches." I'm a bit biased because Zach is by far my fave, but to me, those last three against Will Shingo and Naito are all match of the year candidates. So, yeah, I think 
in terms of the in-ring quality, this eclipses what he did in 2018. And I love what he did in 2018, but just this, I, I do agree. I think those were three back-to-back match of the year candidates, which is really impressive. Like that's saying something. Yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, him that 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 eighteen though was was a, like a coming out party for him. You know, the way he, that he had everybody just fucking tapping. Um, that was pretty. That was pretty fun. I mean, I don't want to shit on that. That Takamichinoku is his hype man. Right, right. I mean, let's not shit on that. That was a that was a that was a really fun one. I don't know, man. I, like I said, I I I he's he's got legitimate claims. I, I hate to do this in you know as we start April. Like he to me, he's the guy. He's the guy right now. Um, name me name me a better guy than him this year. And you know, you'd be hard pressed. Like he's in the conversation. Let's put it that way. Yeah, he's definitely making a case for himself as wrestler of the year. I still think Okada is above him, and I suspect with the trajectory of main events and championship booking that it will be Okada come the end of the year. But Zach's making a, a very, very strong case. Yeah. And he's going to be in the conversation at the end of the year. I mean, there's a lot of recency bias when it comes to the voting and depending on how the rest of his year goes, if he's you know in single stuff or tag stuff, people may forget what happened early in the year, but uh, they shouldn't because this is really tremendous stuff. It really depends on um, G1. Real, and let's be truthful, yeah. right? We all know that. It depends on how G1 goes for any of those guys that we talked about. That's when we talk about wrestler of the year. And again, it's April, so fucking who knows? But after G1 is when that conversation heats up so let's look at the card for hyper battle this will be saturday april 9th in sumo hall and again we'll do full match by match breakdown next week but i'll just quickly read through the card and give you general thoughts so first match we have jado tangaloa tamatonga hiroshi tanahashi what a weird team right. uh, against ghetto yujiro chase Owens, and bad luck farley second match we've got this is interesting shingo and naito versus aaron hanari and will osprey that's very tasty for a second match. Very tasty. Third match, yes. we got the junior heavyweight tag championship match with Wato and Taguchi against ELP and Ishimori. Fourth match is the KOPW 2022 championship match with Yano defending against Taichi. Taichi has proposed a, a sumo style, no ropes ring out match. He just said he's not, he doesn't want to do a proper sumo match because that will be disrespectful to sumo. And he's right. Uh, Yano's proposed some sort of drinking gimmick uh fifth match is never championship match evil defending against hiromi takahashi sixth match is the iwgp tag championship match with bishamon yoshihashi and goto defending against great okan and jeff cobb uh Khan on the cob they're back nice uh, seventh match is the iwgp junior heavyweight championship match with despy defending against show and the iwgp world heavyweight championship match kazuchika okada defending against the New Japan Cup winner, Zack Sabre Jr. Tell me that's that not a fucking a, sexy card. It is, it is very sexy. Woo, There's no, f- no filler here. None. I mean, maybe the first match. Well, maybe the KOP shit, but that'll be just, I'm you into, know. I'm into that first match. Seeing Gorillas of Destiny on the same tag team as Hiroshi Tanahashi. Yeah. That, I think, is something. I want to see that. I'm into it. I'm, I'm into it. It's different. That's for fucking sure. Um. That's a great. That's a great fucking show. Whoo, top to bottom. Hey, how about uh, Hiromu and Ishi or Hiromu and Evil? You know what I mean? Like that's that's uh, to me that's sexy as hell. Cobb and uh, and a uh, 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 Con on the Cobb back again. Tag championship. 
That's a that's a win right there. We'll talk about that later. But that is a sexy fucking show. Damn. Yeah, this is a show, the kind of show where you are sitting down to watch it. Yes. Start to finish. Yes. You're not sort of floating and dropping in to watch the, the top two matches. This is one where I want to be there. I want to watch it live, get my snacks ready, get my strong zero ready, and enjoy a, a full eight-match proper New Japan big show. This and is, again, it's a little thing that makes you feel, we, we're getting there. We're nearly back. Yeah. that this is This is a show that... It boy, it does feel like like it feels like a legitimate New Japan Pro Wrestling show. That is a tight fucking show. All right, let's get let's go. Let's fucking do it. Next next week we'll do a preview, right? And then uh, away we go. That is it. That I'm I'm pumped for that fucking show. That is for sure. All right, so I'll do some questions until. Uh, my <laughs> yeah. school or family duties boot me up. We'll get the run. Uh, Salam says, which relationship is the most wholesome, Golden Lovers or Dangerous Techers? Techers. Classic Cat said, Joel, should New Japan shoot confetti into the air the next time Dangerous Techers hug in the ring a la the Golden Lovers? You know me, David. I'm just an agitator now. My, my Twitter game is just shit posting and uh, deliberately uh, rattling the cages of <laughs> subsections of fandoms that I dislike. So, uh, to, yeah, this week was no different. Uh, I... Well, it's just it's, it's pro wrestling. It's just put a little thing like, oh, dangerous techers are better than golden lovers. And, you know, I, I'm expecting and hoping for responses like, oh, fuck you, golden lovers are the best. You know, this is wrestling. It's I, I don't think it's unreasonable to compare one tag team against another tag team and say which one is better, right? I would I, I would 100% agree. Now, again, yes. you, you, you are breaking your, your New Year's tr- your, uh, uh, resolution. I'm just saying. <laughs> but don't be nasty to anyone, David. It's fun. It's wrestling. It is fun. I don't. Understand. Yeah, I know. I know. But, but still, you know. Come on, well, you know. Um, Techers are better than fucking Golden Lovers. I mean, just like just if, if we're just comparing like the friendship part of it, like I'll take Techers any day of the week, any day of the fucking week. It feels Listen, more let, authentic to me. It feels to me like these two guys genuinely like each other and support each other. Well, I'll tell you what, more, I don't... I'm sorry, yeah, I was going to say, it feels more balanced. It feels like rather than one person sort of hogging the spotlight all the time and doing all the talking and trying to sort of keep everything for themselves, this one feels more mutual. Yeah. You know what What else is mutual? The pay distribution on the, uh, <laughs> on the T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably more balanced. I knew it was coming and I still laughed. <laughs> You knew what's coming? You from a mile away, didn't you? You saw that one barreling down the fucking highway. And it's still funny. It's still great. Remember that? Oh, it's just laughing so hard. <laughs> that is one of our greatest moments. Oh, we are great. All right. Uh, what else we got from <laughs> the masses? Uh, okay, Classic Action. Since the WWE has announced that fans will get to pose with holograms of wrestlers at WrestleMania Access this year, would Bushiro consider cutting their losses and entering a hologram Jay White into the G1? <laughs> Oh, <laughs> that is fucking May as funny. well at this point. Why not? I say we bring back all the legends. We bring back a hologram, Ricky Choshu. We just have a, oh, that'd be great. Oh, wow. That's funny. Good work. Uh, yeah, let's fucking do it. They're actually doing holograms. Oh my God. Yeah. Who's going to pay a fucking, who's, who would pay <laughs> for that? Is, that's oh yeah, I know. Wow, I mean, woo! I'm just standing in front of your fucking TV. <laughs> hey, I'm with George the Animal Steel. <laughs> what? All right, what else we got? 
A couple of questions here, which I suspect are for me. Vase Collector says, what do you think of the March Sumo tournament ending in results? The playoff was very exciting and fun to see Wakataka Kage go all the way. A time of great fluctuation post-Hakaho. That's my question. Yeah, it's a really exciting time, uh, you know, especially with the, the sole Yokozuna Terunofuji not being there. It really feels like there's a bit of a power vacuum. And there was a lot to enjoy in this tournament, like the little underdog story of Wakataka Kage, who, you know, he's not a jobber or anything. He's a quality wrestler, but him being able to step it up and and win that really exciting playoff final. Takayasu coming so close again, and I, I don't want to say bottling it or choking it because he just, you know, he, he did really well in this tournament. Um, the Ozeki's managing to avoid going Kataban again. Um, and yeah, I, I really enjoyed this one. There's a lot of uncertainty and a lot of moving parts in sumo at the moment so really good time to be jumping in uh, if anyone's interested uh and the second question was what's your take on elden ring so far what character build are you working on try being a wizard but it was boring now i'm the hero and swinging around big dick swords with two hands and that is my question mm-hmm. so i am a samurai character holding two samurai swords two uchi katana no shield uh, i'm not a coward not joking you play any way you like uh, and i'm really enjoying it so far uh I don't even know. I don't even think I'm halfway. I am. I'm sipping it. If you, are. I don't get a lot of time for gaming. Maybe like an hour every night if I'm lucky. After the kids have been put to bed, and it's just a nice bit of escapism for me. I enjoy, you know, more than anything, just exploring these you know fantastical lands and, and beautiful vistas. Like the scenery is just absolutely jaw dropping. Sometimes I'll just go to a new area and just stand there and look around and just admire how amazing it is. And also that feeling of trepidation being in hostile environments where uh, I like all the sort of weird and wacky monsters. They've really leaned into it this time with some uh, fucked up little guys, as they say on the Bonfire Side Chats podcast, which I strongly recommend. Uh, the boss fights are, are good. I mean, I feel this is maybe the most difficult one. I'm really banging my head against the wall with a lot of these. And I know that there are mechanics to mitigate that, but I just haven't explored them fully yet so I'm, I'm dipping my toes into the the spirit summons and all that stuff but yeah i'm having a blast with Elden ring it is tremendous uh, so yeah very good stuff uh let's i have no idea what the question. fuck you were talking about <laughs> <laughs> no, of course you don't you should play it. Uh, no actually should you play it? no you won't like it. i won't don't like it Elden ring. okay uh frank says with best of the super juniors on the horizon do you think we'll get some surprises i'd love to see dante martin from aw maybe some strong aw guys like daniel garcia or swerve even bandido from roh who would you both like to see uh Stuart says pro wrestling noah recently announced dozens of Gaijin talent coming from countries such as the US, UK, Mexico, and Australia to wrestle at their upcoming Sumo Hall shows in late April. Do you think this could mean some more Gaijin talents coming to New Japan soon in the near future? Uh, short answer, yes. In terms of best of the Super Juniors, I don't think we will see AEW, guys. I would love to see it, but I, I don't think in AEW they have that distinction between heavyweights and juniors. And I spoke before, Daniel Garcia, he's in the middle of a big program with being Chris Jericho's stable, them trying to establish him as a star. So he will, I, I will be stunned if Tony Khan is then like, yeah, yeah, you can go off and do best of the super juniors and, you know, right. losses to Yoshinobu Kanemaru or, or whatever. So I don't think that will be happening. And a guy like Dante Martin, again, I like him. I think he's got a lot of upside and I would see the logic, but a, a lot of these guys that you AEW fans like and would like to see in best of the super juniors, I don't think they have the name value to move the needle in Japan. I don't think your average casual New Japan fan knows who Dante Martin is, or, you know, that, I don't think that's necessarily going to sell more tickets. I mean, it's an investment and it will be a risk. So I'm not saying they won't or shouldn't do it, but I'm just trying to present a balanced argument here. Guys, I think I would like to see, I think Clark Connors is a must. Yeah. 
uh, I think Francesco Akira is going to be in it. Uh, other people I would like to see Chris Bay, I think would be a good addition. I think TJP would be someone. Again, I don't know what his vaccination status is, whether that's precluding him from taking part, but he, he would be a logical addition. Um, who else? I, I really want to see Ryu Lee. I mean, I don't know mm. what is going on with him at the moment, what his affiliations are and whether that will prevent him from taking part. I know he's got a show booked uh, during Best of Super Juniors, so I'm not expecting him to be in the tournament, but I would love it if he is because they put so much into him, you know, letting him have that like a retirement match. For him to just drop off and, and not take part at all, I think would be a big disappointment. Um, anyone else, Damon, that you would you think will be included or should be included in best of the super juniors you know well i don't know if if you you launch a aew partnership with best of the super juniors right like if, if that's why i that's probably reason number one that i wouldn't think that we would see that um two for the reasons that you said like they don't they won't really have a a line in the sand when it comes to juniors so um i mean what I, I was going to just joke and be like, oh, Orange Cassidy, but like he's main event heavyweight. You know what I mean? Like, you know, he's, that's not even, it wouldn't even be true. So, um, is there anybody else that you missed at Metalik? Yeah, I would love to see him in it. Uh, and I, again, I think he's someone there, there's a bit of recognition with the Japanese fans. They oh, yeah. Remember him. So I think he would be a good addition to. Yep. All right. Uh, okay, Sean says, do you think with all the issues surrounding Chelsea that Arsenal and West Ham will finish third and fourth or will they be affected next season by administration action resulting in a battle for fourth between Arsenal, United and West Ham? Come on, you irons. Uh, I, no, I don't think Chelsea is going to go into administration. They'll be protected somehow. They're going to they're gonna wriggle their way out of this and will survive. And yeah, I will be stunned if they are somehow excluded from Champions League competition is that their, I think is that their just, coach that's the problem the coach with the, the no it was the owner roman abramovich okay. who has who's been russian ties in this whole yes exactly right. uh so yeah they've got some uh, business problems there the uk government has stopped prevented them or restricted their trading so just things like they're not allowed to sell merchandise they're not allowed to sell tickets anymore oh. so uh they're going to be question marks over their ability to you know buy and sell players you know will they be able to take part in competitions next season but uh, I still think they'll finish top four. I think they will be in Champions League. So I basically think it's a, a straight shootout for fourth spot between probably Arsenal, Man United, Spurs. I don't know who's going to win. I mean, I hope it's Arsenal and I think we're looking good, but we've got a lot of difficult games coming up and it's exciting. I mean, I'm glad we've still got something left to play for. So those those matches we have against the likes of United and Spurs, I think we'll decide it. So big, big matches. And yeah, it's good that we've got something to play for. I'm looking forward to those. If... Uh, being very scared of them as well. Uh, we have music question for oh, you here hi. from Bash. Uh, in the 90s, there was an amazing music coming out of both sides of the Atlantic from Britpop to grunge, hip-hop. Who did you think put out better content in that era? And what his favourite albums from the 90s? Bar, Oasis and Suede. Uh, and in US albums from that time period. So, yeah, your thoughts on 90s music oh, compared comparing the UK with the US? Um, I mean, like, so I can't... I don't discount grunge. Like, I mean, that was what it was. But like, like I, th- I think Nine Inch Nails is tremendous. Like, I, I like to me, that's one of my. That's I, from an American point of view, like that's one of the best stuff things to come out of the '90s. I think Nirvana is is pretty great too. Um, but then you get into like, you know, 
Alice in Chains and all that stuff. Like I, I, I just couldn't connect with it. Right. So for me, you know, your, your Oasis blurs, suede, elasticas, um, you know, even like the nonsense bands like menswear, I love, um, adorable, <laughs> um, you know, even like James and stuff like that. So, I mean, I always will prefer that, uh, but like coming out of the nineties American style, I mean, I think nine inch nails by far was, is my favorite, um, just from a creativity standpoint and from, um, I mean, even though we kind of did rip off a little bit of, of skinny, but I, th- I think the downward spiral is a great album. I think it, from top to bottom, it's one of those things. Um, so yeah, I mean, and even like Radiohead coming out of the nineties, those albums were great. I don't know. It's, I mean, I was in my twenties. So, I mean, that's, um, but even we had, here's what, well, I guess everybody does that. I don't want to turn this into fucking music theme and all night long. Cause we got things to do, but, um, there's always going to be, as Joe Lanza would say, dollar store versions of bands. And, you know, in the States you have like candle box and like collective soul and like all these bands that are just like, uh, just, you know, grunge carbon copies and Britpop had it too. Um, but one of my favorite, one of my wife's favorite bands, and even my friends, is a band called Live. Um, they had an album called Throwing Copper that's that they really love. And, and like I said, it's not for me, but um, I hear that a lot, even to this day. So there you go. There's some music demon for you. Let's do one more question right. from Jason, who says, what do you think was worse, the peak of Enochism or this evil Dick Togo house that torture stuff? And Antonio says, Damon said on the pod, he was a long-time New Japan fan. What was his perspective on Enochism compared to this COVID era? Uh, what era do you think was worse? Um, that's a good question. Um, Enochism and when even like the sun was brought in and... Like at its worst, it was bad only because you felt like there was no end to it. <laughs> like you didn't see how you didn't see a light at the end of the tunnel. Whereas this COVID stuff, you knew that there was a light at the end of the tunnel once we vaccines and you know the virus kind of took care of itself. Um, and you know, people took care of themselves as well. So. In a way, Enochism felt worse because, again, there really didn't feel like, like you didn't know how this story was going to end, and the and the company was in peril. <laughs> you know, the company was in fucking peril, um, and it was still tough to watch shows because, you know, it wasn't like New Japan World was around, and you know, you you know, you had to wait for somebody to record it and upload it and all that nonsense. So, uh, it was tough times. I mean, there were there was some good. It wasn't all bad. You just you just didn't know where the company was going to go, and I think that was the biggest question mark. Like, how were we going to get out of this stuff? Aside from them getting kicked out, the company. Okay, I need to get ready for work, so let's call it a day there. Redcircle.com forward slash shows forward slash super dash j dash cast. Uh, my current campaign is to get me a better microphone because editor Dan says. My audio quality is significantly worse than Damon's, and I agree. So um, if you would like to contribute towards me getting a good quality microphone, send it to redcircle.com forward slash shows forward slash super dash j dash cast. 
take a screenshot or just just tell me, send me a DM, say, Joel, I sent you this amount of money towards the microphone fund and you can sponsor my new microphone and I'll yes. shout you out on the podcast for buying me a new microphone. I don't ask for much. We don't ask for much from you fans. So come on, help me get a decent setup here and uh, the, the audio quality of the podcast will improve. I don't think that's an unreasonable request. Uh, Discord link you can get if you send me a DM on Twitter at Cobra Kawaii and ProGressingTees.com forward slash SuperJCast for our t-shirts. Massive thanks to Editor Dan. You can find him on Twitter at Lazarus0219. Subscribe to the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. They've got a lot of, lot of really good WrestleMania weekend content going up at the moment. Give us a five-snake review on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at SuperJCast. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and goodbye.